In the name of Jesus, amen. Rita was a rather difficult person. Uh, not all the time, but, but every once in a while, she could be so mean. Uh, Rita was a member, uh, an older member of, of the first congregation I served up in New England. She fell asleep in Jesus about 10 years ago. Usually she was fine, even sweet, but every now and again, I just have to shake my head at this woman. She'd say something oddly angry in a meeting. Uh, once she lashed out at a new member because uh, the member brought the wrong snacks to Sunday school. She could just be a real pain in the butt. <laughs> now, I served two congregations up there in New England, same time, dual parish. And Rita's son went to the other congregation, and he'd gotten some wind of the trouble his mother was causing. And he was a gentle man, paragon of kindness, tact. I remember he came into my office um, one Sunday after church and said something, said something like, I know my mom's been difficult, and I'm not at all making an excuse for her. But I thought you should know that she has been in chronic pain for the last three or four years which was not something I had known. It turns out you see that this woman, who was metaphorically a pain in my butt, had an actual pain in her own butt. <laughs> Lower back, through her rear, down the legs. That meant she was in constant physical pain, the kind of pain that there wasn't much doctors could do for it or much hope of it really going away. Now again, her son was not trying to make an excuse for her, not at all, he wasn't that kind of guy, but more or less to say, I know she can be really mean, but it can be hard to be nice, to play pleasant all the time when you are in pain. I was grateful for that, it helped me understand Rita a little better. Well, today is the first Sunday in Lent. And it always comes the case that Lent starts in the wilderness, the gospel readings of Jesus tested by the devil, if you are the son of God, and passing the test. Uh, two of the accounts, the one in Matthew and the one in Luke, the one we read for today, uh, point out that those temptations came not only in the wilderness, but came when Jesus was hungry. He was in the wilderness fasting, 40 days, he ate nothing, and the devil came to him. The devil came to Jesus, temptation sprang up when he was hungry. Now, that might sound like a rather small detail, and it probably is. But it's that detail that made me think of this Rita. For you see, hunger is a kind of pain. And Jesus being tempted while he had hungry pain is what we made of think of what we made me think of Rita and her having her pain in the rear and the part that it played in her being a pain in my rear. And then I took one more step, and you might take it with me, and I asked about my own pain, my own hunger. What does that do to me? So I hurt my back about ten days ago. Something I do every. Um, uh, four or five months or so, uh, this last time while attempting the Herculean task of tying my shoes. <laughs> Weird, but um, anyway, it, it, it hurt. You know, five to ten minutes to get out of bed in the morning kind of thing. Still a bit tight. Well, you see, most often, without pain, I, I'm able to keep my base level jerkiness. 
somewhere between about a four and a five, at least at home, usually a two or three at church when God is watching. <laughs> but where do you think my, uh, my base level jerkiness was at nine days ago? You got it, straight to 11. Angry, shouting, short. I'm sure my family members can vouch for that. If my dog were here, he'd probably tell you, yeah, he even kicked me. <laughs> and, you know, seeing that, seeing that and thinking of this text, Made me think of Rita and say, holy cow, that woman was practically a saint. For she lived with that kind of agony for years and only managed to be a pain in the rear once in a while. I became a major tool after two days. (laughs) How utterly and round the clock intolerable would I have been in her situation with her pain. You see what I mean? We make jokes about this kind of thing. There's like those Snickers commercials where you're hungry and you turn into a diva or the Joe Pesci character and they give you a Snickers and everything's fine. It's funny, but it's also true or truth in it. I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as long as I'm well-fed, well-rested, and no one forces me to change my schedule at the last minute. I really hate that. (laughs) But something so small Lose a night's sleep, tweak my L4, and I am Rita on her worst day. Again, in one sense, it's kind of funny. Uh That's all it takes to turn bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you and me, into big pains in the rear. But in another sense, it's not funny at all, because that's all it takes to turn us into horrible people to one another. It's like our hunger, our pains, reveal the real us. I saw a headline um, after that building. Remember that building down on the coast in in Florida that that fell? It was something like beautiful building collapses. And it, it turns out in the research or whatever that there were all sorts of infrastructure uh, problems, you know, girders and things which were, were rusted out, so that all it took it was kind of was waiting, it was just waiting for, uh, it was maybe a small earthquake or something, pretty much indetectable, or some wind, or I don't know what it was. Just a little thing to kind of to kind of push it over the edge. And seeing that headline made me, made me think, even when I saw it, and then again this week, to, to think, I wonder if we're all kind of like beautiful buildings waiting to collapse. As long as everything's kind of cool, legit, great, but then just the smallest thing, not even an earthquake, but just a little pain, a little hunger, God forbid, a big pain or a big hunger, reveals what a mess we are. Beautiful buildings waiting to collapse. Again, it's like our hungers, our pains, reveal the real us. And not just us. From our text. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And in his hunger, in Jesus' hunger, what was revealed about him? 
When the devil thunders at him like an earthquake, in his hunger, what is revealed of Jesus? Command these stones to become bread. It is written, man does not live by bread alone. All these kingdoms can be yours. It's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Written, you say, snarks the devil. This is also written, cast yourself down and the angels will bear you up. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. In his hunger... What is revealed about Jesus? Not the sort of stuff that's revealed about you and me. What is revealed about Jesus is that he hungers most of all for you to be his own both now and forever. The the, the devil comes to him with all those tasks. If you're the son of God, be the son of God this way. Fill bellies, be an earthly ruler, do some fancy miracles. That'd be a real crowd pleaser, Jesus. To which, resisting every temptation, Jesus says, haven't you seen these people? Heck, you're a big part of their problem. Don't you see how weak they are? Don't you see how easily they fold when a little pain or hunger comes and some misfortune comes? They don't need bread or politicians or miracles. They need a Savior. They need one who can bear up and answer for all those sins, who can speak to them over and over again. Weak little Rita's, you are a major pain in everyone's butt, but even in your weakness, I am strong. No matter how great your sin, I am a greater forgiver. You know, sometimes those passages about Jesus coming as it does at the beginning of Lent, but Jesus fasting, hungry, all that, resisting temptation. They get read as like sort of a, an example. Okay, the reason we got that is so we can go be just like Jesus. Memorize some scripture so we can like zing the devil like, like Jesus does. Or maybe since he gives stuff up, he's fast for 40 days, we'll kind of do a little mini Jesus and give something up for, day, for 40 days, which is a fine practice. I'm not knocking that. Small catechism says the fasting and bodily preparation are indeed fine outward training. But God did not give his only begotten son so we could have an example. God gives his only begotten son because he knows how weak you are and that you need a savior. You know, if you're giving something up for Lent and again, um, that it's sweets or alcohol or internet or something um, like that, good, good for you. Again, really, it's a good discipline. But if you really want to see how weak you are, the kind of can't hide it, it just comes out um, weakness, the kind that hunger or tweaking your back reveals, if you really want to see how weak you are, try giving up jealousy. <laughs> try giving up anger. You know, just, just for Lent, when Easter comes, you can, like, uh, pelt cars um, with Easter eggs or something like that. Be all, let all your anger out. Just, just give it up for 40 days. Or, or, or try giving up doubt. <laughs> or if you really want to see how weak you are, try giving up being just a wee bit happy when you hear that the kid who's been cruel to your son at school got punched in the throat on the playground. <laughs> something which may or may not be based in reality. If you want to see how weak you are, try giving up worry. Be hungry. I have a chronic pain in the rear, literally or metaphorically, as many of us have or are both. No, God did not give 
his only begotten son in order simply to be an example, at least not first death. Jesus, hungry and tempted in the wilderness, is not the Holy Spirit saying, go be your best, Jesus. Jesus, hungry and tempted and victorious in the wilderness, is there so that you might know in your hunger and your weakness and in your constant failings that you have, as we'll sing, a mighty fortress. That you have a trusty shield. You are no match for the devil. The devil will will eat you for lunch. You try to go at him on your own, he will eat you for lunch and twice on Tuesdays, especially when you're hungry and in pain and raw hungry and in pain in some way pretty much all the time. But for you fights and has fought the valiant one. Christ, the Lord of armies. God in the flesh himself. You know, on that note, God in the flesh himself, I love the last temptation. As Luke has it anyways. You know, the devil's been, been coming to him, and, um, and he gets a little bit snarky because Jesus has been saying, it is written, it is written. And so on the third temptation, the devil comes to Jesus and says, written, you say, it's also written. And then you throw yourself down, he'll send his angels to bear you up. It's right there in Psalm 91. And so Jesus then changes his response. Instead of saying it is written, he says, it is said. And the, without getting into too much of the weeds and the grammar, when he says it is said, it means it has been said and it is still said. Like you, this is something you still say. So Jesus says, it is said and is still said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And I imagine when Jesus doing that, that his eyes blaze a little bit. And he says, you shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. That is said right now because you are not just looking at a hungry man. You are looking at the Lord, your God, and you shall not put me to the test. He says with blazing eyes, as perhaps with blazing eyes, he says to you right now, I, the Lord, your God, have passed the test. Hungry, pain in the hands, feet inside, pain in my soul. I have borne your sins. I've carried your burdens in trials, temptations, and sorrows. I walk with you. Says this Jesus, for weak pains in the butts like you, your pastor, and Rita. For weaklings like you, I am strong. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.